0: Put on your track shoes and get your little thing out here. This little doufflotch. Have some questions to ask you. <clears throat> First question is this What is tithing? What is tithing? Tithing means a tenth part. A tenth part. In the Bible, God uses tithing, uses that word all through Scripture to tell us that we're to give the first 10% of all we earn back to him. So giving less than 10% would not be a tithe. Giving more than 10% would be more than a tithe. What's the difference, people ask me all the time, between a tithe and an offering? We say, bring your tithes and your offerings. Well, if a tithe is the first, tenth part of my income, an offering is anything I give in addition to my tithe. Well, why is it that we should tithe at all? Why? I think there's at least eight reasons that I wrote down here. The first is because God commands it. Leviticus, way back in the New Testament, says... A tenth of all you produce is the Lord's, and it is holy. Now we could, we could probably stop right there, because if God says it, then we should do it, right? If he's commanded it, we're to obey it. And he could have said 90%, but he said 10%. And I'm going to give you the 90% to do whatever you want to do with it, To to use in your life. We should obey Him. Why else should I tithe? Well, I think because Jesus commended it. Not only did God command it, but Jesus commended it. In fact, in Matthew 23, 23, He commends the Pharisees, something He doesn't ever do. The only thing that I I can, right off the top of my head, think of that He commended the Pharisees for was their giving. He says, it's the one thing you guys are doing right. Matthew 23, 23. Yes, you should tithe. And you shouldn't leave the more important things undone either. There were all those things that they were obviously not doing. Why should I tithe? Number three, tithing demonstrates that God has first place in my life. God has first place in my life. Deuteronomy 14 actually says that the purpose of tithing is to teach you to always put God in first place in your life. It's a teaching. He's teaching us. Now, I can say to you or to somebody else, God's first place in my life. But there are two things that you can look at, and you'll really know whether or not He's first place in my life. The first thing is my schedule my appointment book, my iCalendar, or whatever you use. And the second thing is my checkbook. Those two things tell what, I, what is really first place in my life. The way I use my money, the way I use my time, indicates where my heart is. Why should I tithe? Number four, tithing reminds me that everything I have was given to me by God. Deuteronomy 8 says this. Always remember that it is the Lord your God who gives you the ability to produce wealth. I think in everything else in your life. I remember when I actually became a Christ follower. I thought I was for 40 years. When I actually became a Christ follower, it was when I... The light bulbs started coming on that, you know, my money belongs to God. My house belongs to God. My relationships belong to God. My family belongs to God. In fact, everything that I have, He gave to me. Why should I tithe? Number five, tithing expresses my love to the Lord for the blessings He's given me. And the psalmist asks a question in Psalm 116. He says, how can I repay the Lord for all His goodness to me? And we find the answer back in Deuteronomy 16. Each of you should bring a gift in proportion to the way the Lord your God has blessed you. It's interesting that he didn't give us an amount. He didn't say, okay, everybody give $50. It's a proportion of what we have that he's looking for, a tithe. Why should I tithe? Number six, God says that refusing to tithe is actually stealing from him. That's some pretty strong language, isn't it? Stealing from him. But that's exactly what it says in Malachi 3 beginning at verse 8. God says, Will a man rob God? Yet you are robbing me. But you ask, How do we rob you? And God says, In tithes and offerings. Bring your whole tithe to my house. Not half of it. Not a third of your tithe. the, The whole tithe. The Bible says that When I am spending money on anything, anything else that I ought to be tithing with, then I'm robbing from God. I'm paying my bills with God's money. Money that's rightfully His. I'm to give it to Him. Why should I tithe? Number seven, tithing gives God a chance to prove He exists and He wants to bless me. And I think this is one of the most uh, amazing, let's use that word, amazing promises in the Bible. God actually offers you and me a challenge. He says, I dare you, start tithing and see what happens. He not only makes a promise to bless you with more, but did you know he promises to protect what you already have? If we continue reading in this Malachi passage, verse 10 says, Bring your whole tithe into my storehouse. Test me in this, says the Lord, and see if I will not throw open the floodgates of heaven and pour out so much blessing that you won't have room enough for it. There's the promise. And look at this. I will prevent pests from devouring your crops and the vines in your fields will be protected from plagues. He's going to protect you. God says, test me. And there's only one way to prove that I exist, he says. That's tithing. And why do you think, we may have asked this question last week, why do you think he chose finances? Why do you think he chose money? Of all the areas in your life and my life that he could have chosen as a test why do you think he chose finances I think it's because we probably spend most of our time and our energy revolving around money making it, earning it saving it, giving it sharing it, spending it so God says I'm going to make this the litmus test Then we're going to see I dare you. Just see if I won't fulfill the promises I've made regarding tithing. And number eight, why should I tithe? Tithing proves that I really love God. Jesus said in John 14, If you love me, then do what I command. And tithing is clearly commanded all the way through Scripture. Uh, Some people have said, well, tithing is an Old Testament law. Well, it's not. Let me tell you, it's not. Tithing is an Old Testament principle. The fact is that tithing was established even before the law was given to Moses. God established tithing from the very beginning. Abraham gave tithes 400 years before Moses was even born before the, uh, the law was ever given. It's not part of Jewish law. It's a life principle, even before the Jewish nation became a nation. 2 Corinthians 8 says this, I want you to be leaders also in the spirit of cheerful giving. This is one way to prove that your love is real, that it goes beyond mere words. Well, that's the whys of tithing. Here's the whats. What should I tithe? The Bible makes it really clear here, too. I should tithe the first part of what I earn, not the leftovers. Take it off the top. The cream's on the top. The Bible says in Proverbs 3, 9, Honor the Lord by giving him the first part of all your income. Now, time after time over the years, I've been told by, by married couples in other congregations who made a commitment right up front before, before even being married, they said, we said whether anybody else gets paid or not in our marriage, God's going to get paid first. We owe everything to him. The first check that gets written after we get paid is our tithe. Pretty good principle. We've done that in our marriage, and God's been faithful. We haven't always had everything we wanted, but we have always had everything we needed. That's the whys and the whats. Now what about the uh, wheres? Where should I give my tithe? Well, the Bible is specific about this too. I should give my tithe where I worship. Malachi 3:10 says, "Bring your whole tithe into my storehouse." And In the Old Testament, the place of worship was called the temple. And in the New Testament, it was called synagogue or, or church. You bring your tithes and your offerings to wherever you worship God physically. I mean, if you give to the United Way, that's fine. That's fine. Don't kid yourself, though, that's not tithing. If you give to this organization or that organization, as good as they might be, that's great. But it's not tithing. We have up here... Phyllis, why don't you come up? We have up here a number of boxes that we've taken up. I didn't know you were on the front row. Fast. Uh, We have a number of boxes that we've taken up. And these boxes should have been filled with things... Over and above your tithe. This morning we're going to dedicate these boxes, and I'd like for you to think about each box. We think about 100 boxes, 200 boxes, 500 boxes, 750 boxes, a plain load of boxes going to some place. Each box, each one of these represents a child. That's what you should be thinking about and praying for, the individual children in those countries. Phyllis, would you pray for us?
1: Sure. Here. Heavenly Father, thank you so much for this wonderful, wonderful ministry that you've given us and allowed us to be a part of. Father, I ask that you just bless every single hand that has touched these boxes, the hands that have prepared them, the people who have um, donated to fill them, Um, And I ask for travel mercies that these boxes get to these children, Lord. And most importantly, and we do want to thank you for everyone that's had a part, but most importantly, Lord, we just ask that you fill these boxes with your Holy Spirit, that the Holy Spirit is just poured out to the children who open these boxes, Lord, that there are toys and there are fun games and there are stuffed animals, Lord, but your gift, your gift of love and your precious word is what really is the ultimate gift in these boxes, Lord. And we pray for each child that receives it, Lord. We pray for their families, and we just pray that they get to know you, that they have the opportunity to know you the way that we do, Lord. And um, thank you, thank you, thank you. And we ask all of this through your Son, Jesus Christ. Amen.
0: Thank you. Thank you. Great job, Phyllis, and all the team, all of you did this year. I have no idea how many boxes, but it's quite a few. If you give to missions, that's great. But that's not tithing. If you give to the Salvation Army, that's great also. Great causes. But unless you're giving over and above, well, it's never your tithe, but that's what you give over and above the tithe that you give. Karen and I have for years supported all kinds of organizations outside of Renovation Church. We sponsor adopted children overseas. And that's great. And they appreciate it. And it's, it's, it's made a difference in their lives, I'm sure. But that's not our tithe. That's over and above our tithe. The Bible says that tithing goes to your place of worship, to your storehouse. Some, this isn't... This isn't In my notes here. But somebody this week asked me. uh, Aren't you a little ashamed to talk about money? Because last week I told you we don't talk about money much. And we have two weeks on it. Uh, Aren't you a little ashamed to talk about money? No, I'm not. Not at all. We should never be ashamed to talk about money or giving to God's ministry. Because how else is it? I mean, it costs to do things, doesn't it? Nothing's free. So we should never be ashamed to talk about tithing or giving. When should I tithe? 1 Corinthians 16, 2 says this. On the first day of every week, set aside some of what you have earned and give it as an offering. The amount depends on how much the Lord has helped you to earn. On the first day of the week. What's the first day of the week? Sunday. And what do you do? What are you supposed to do on the first day of the week? You go to your place of worship, and that's where you're to give. You're to give at your place of worship. One of the most common things that I hear people say is, I forgot my offering today. I just forgot it. I'll bring it next week. Well, I always tell them, don't be a Pharisee about this. Don't be a Pharisee. You know you can make it up next week don't don't run over here Monday morning and say, "Oh, here's a check for uh, I just I have to give it to you today. you can make it up the next week if you make twenty five thousand dollars a year and you get to the end of the year and your statement doesn't say that you've given twenty five hundred dollars, you don't have to account to anybody you don't you don't have to account to me or or this church, the only person you're responsible to is God. You're going to have to explain it to Him. And He's going to say, I told you to tithe. I can't bless you unless you're tithing. And parents, teach your children to tithe, too. Don't include their tithe in in what you give. Your kids, even if they're not old enough to understand what is 10%, you can do this little exercise. Find three boxes... Three little boxes, one that says save, one that says give, one that says spend. And if they earn for their chores, and I hope you make them earn for their chores, uh, if if they earn 75 cents, let's say, then show them how they can put a quarter in save, a, a quarter in spend, and a quarter in give. It's a visual way for them to see, for them to learn. You know, I don't spend all my money. Some of it I've got to give back to the Lord. I want to give back to the Lord. And then some of it, some of it I save. That's an amazing concept, isn't it? Teach your children. Our kids' ministry teaches this principle up there. So reinforce it at home. Don't include their tithe in your envelope and say the Wilson family. It should be individual. Okay, what about attitudes? <laughs> what about attitudes? Giving with the right attitude. What are the right attitudes? I'm to give willingly, first of all. I'm to give willingly. God is more interested in my attitude than he is the amount of money I give. Second Corinthians 9 says... For if the willingness is there, your gift is acceptable according to what you have, not according to what you don't have. And when God looks at our giving, He's not impressed with the amount, how many zeros are on that check. He doesn't look at the amount you give ever, He looks at the amount you have left over, the proportion of what you gave, as if He's weighing your heart. To see what your motives and your attitudes are. 1 Corinthians 9 also says each one should give what he has decided in his heart to give, not reluctantly or under pressure. You're to give willingly, not reluctantly. And if you feel pressured, if if you're saying, Why in the world has he talked two weeks about this? He's just trying to make me feel guilty. If, if that's what you think, then I'm going to tell you don't give. Don't give because you're giving with the wrong attitude. God doesn't want you to give under pressure. He's not interested in that kind of giving at all. And you don't give to make up for a church budget deficit somewhere. It doesn't matter if the church is fully funded for the next 25 years. You're not to give to to make up that deficit or to uh, put it into some endowment or something. You give because God gave to you first. And you give the proportion, the 10%, the first part of all that you make. Right attitudes. I'm to give cheerfully. Reading on in 2 Corinthians 9, it says, God loves a cheerful giver. I saw a a bumper sticker. This has been about three, maybe five years ago, going down Highway 17, and it said this, God loveth a cheerful giver, but he also accepteth from a grouch. (laughs) I guess that's true. I guess that's true. The Greek word for cheerful is the word from which we get our word hilarious. Hilarious. In the New Testament, when they gave, it was hilarious. (laughs) In the modern church today, when we give, that's the low point of the service (laughs) in traditional church. You know what I'm talking about? You know, we get, get through all this preliminary stuff, and it's time to take the offering. And they play some somber, solemn song, and these people come around with plates and pass them, or baskets, or bags and on a, on a stick, and, a, and you're supposed to give, and you're supposed to feel good about that. It's hmm. the low part. If you can't give cheerfully, don't give at all. If you can't tithe cheerfully, you know what you need to work on is your attitude, nothing else. You say, how can I give joyfully? How can I give cheerfully when I have all these bills to pay? And I can tell you from personal experience, when, when I don't feel too joyful <laughs> about giving, I go back and I look at those six benefits of tithing that we looked at last week. That's why I gave them to you last week. If you pull out your sheet from there, tithing makes me more like God. Tithing draws me closer to God. It's the antidote to materialism. It strengthens my faith. It it is an investment in eternity. It blesses me in return, and it makes me happy. That's what tithing does. And when I begin to think about those benefits of tithing, I start getting joyful all over again. Right attitudes. The third one is I'm to give sacrificially. And this is going to be our key scripture today, you know. In this church, we believe that the Bible is the infallible word of God. It's the only standard that we have for our faith and for our life. This passage comes from one of Paul's letters to the church at Corinth. It's 2 Corinthians 2, chapter 8. I've got some of the verses up here, but I'm going to read some on either side of it to kind of flesh it out. 2 Corinthians, chapter 8, beginning at verse 1. And now, brothers and sisters, we want you to know about the grace that God has given the Macedonian churches. Out of the most severe trial, their overflowing joy and their extreme poverty welled up in, great, in, in rich generosity. For I testify that they gave as much as they were able, and even beyond their ability, entirely on their own, They urgently pleaded us for the privilege of sharing in this service to the saints. And they did not do as we expected, but they gave themselves first to the Lord and then to us in keeping with God's will. Poor, probably the poorest church that Paul visited, Macedonian churches. And they were begging, begging to give. And they gave beyond their ability to give. That's the first financial principle of giving a tithe. I mean, people say all the time, well, George, I can't afford to tithe. And I say, I can't afford not to tithe. I've seen it work over and over and over again in my life. If you want God's blessings on your finances, you need to give. You need to trust Him. You need to obey what He said. Right attitudes. The fourth one is, I'm to give expectantly. 2 Corinthians 9, verse 6. Remember this whoever sows sparingly will also reap sparingly. Expect that. And whoever grow, sows generously will reap generously. God says it's like a farmer that sows seeds and then he has this horrible season and he only gets a bucket full of seeds out of the entire uh, field that he's planted. Now, he has two choices. He could eat those seeds, make them into something and eat them, and, and it would do him for one meal. Or he could trust God, and he could plant them, and next year they may fill up the entire field with a crop. He can't afford not to do that. So God says, if you want a big harvest, plant a lot. If you want a little harvest, just plant a little bit. How you plant is how you reap. It's entirely up to you. I want to share with you uh, some testimonies that I've received over the... For 16 years, I was the finance person, the, the... church business administrator at a big church, and um, these are some of the thank you cards I got back from people in the congregation. I just pulled four of them out. The first one says this, I signed up to begin tithing this year. I had no idea how it could, be, how it could happen, but Friday after I signed up, I got a new job with more dollars. Praise God, it does work. Praise to God, after much consideration and prayer, we decided last week to increase our giving to 10%. A real tithe. This week, I got two job offers. offers, One for 20% increase and another for 40% increase. These are real people. I know these people. In the past six months, I started tithing Quit drinking, joined a small group, and started listening to the Bible on my iPod. I know the Lord is moving in my life and is about to reveal his plan to me for my life. And the last one, we really have some praises. We've been tithing now, and and we're overwhelmed by the things that are happening. Three months ago, our income was cut in half, but somehow we're still even. It's a miracle. Praise the Lord. Amazing. 1 Corinthians sixteen two says, On the first day of every week. And this is just a thought, but... What if you get paid monthly? Hmm, how are you going to do that? Well, I think these thing, this, this giving thing is supposed to become a habit for you. So maybe you could do what I did in the beginning. And if you get paid monthly... Put it into an account or in your drawer or wherever it is, and then weekly pull out what you would be your tithe for that week. Divide it up into four. That way you're reminded of it each week, and I promise you it becomes a habit after a while, and you want to do it. I don't. I don't. I don't tithe weekly now. I do it monthly, but that habit was established a long time ago, so. He knows that I'm going to give him... The first check I'm going to write is going to be to him. God may want you to be reminded more often than uh, once a month. And I'm not saying you give more. And you're just dividing it out into equal installments throughout that time. I know some people that are on commission. Some of you in here... Are on commission. You don't make a specific amount of money. You're in real estate, or or construction, or some business where where you have this big killing. You make a big killing, and then you don't make anything for six months. And some of us would just go crazy in that uh, uh, kind of environment. But other people thrive. Feast or famine. What do you do? You take the tithe, you put it into account, and then you kind of estimate. Well, I think there's going to be a job that comes through. There's going to be a house closing in six weeks. So divide that amount of money by six and give that way. Okay, here's the key. The key attitude to giving is this, and we just read it. 2 Corinthians 8 5 says, They first gave themselves to the Lord. I mean, this is really the issue, isn't it? If God owns my heart, He's going to own my wallet too. And if God doesn't own my heart, then He doesn't own my wallet. It's that simple. I need to give myself first to the Lord. You need to first give yourself to the Lord, and all of the other things will flow out of that. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, I know that that you love me. I have no doubt. I know that you want what's best for me. And I recognize that all I have comes from you. Everything I have comes from you. And I'm more interested in pleasing you than I am in having possessions. I want you to have first place in my life. And I'm willing to begin tithing as you have commanded. Out of gratitude for all you've done for me, and in expectation that you will continue to provide for me, I'm going to commit myself to returning at least 10% of all that I earn back to you. I want to begin investing in eternity. And I want to begin it today. Help me. Help me to remain faithful
1: in this commitment. In Jesus' name, amen.